is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. Hope you're enjoying this re-air with Townsend Teague. For part two, we continue the conversation of Todaytex and his relationship with that company and his overall thoughts, views, and angles on theater. I just love how in-depth this conversation is, and it's so nice to come back to it and listen back to it because there's there's just so many fantastic takeaways. Townsend's such a great guy. So I hope you enjoy this part two, and keep on keeping on. So I was curious how Today Ticks came about for you, or was that something that kind of just like life threw in your lap from all the relationships? <laughs> no, 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 no. Definitely not thrown in my lap. I... Um, <laughs> You know, so I, at the end of 2016, um, by that time I had worked on, you know, over 15 first class productions of, of Broadway or touring shows. Um, I had general managed in the last three years, eight national tours. Um, and you know, it was that, that starting of, you know, feeling like what's next, you know, what's next for me, um, and I was noticing some trends that, you know, I, I won't go in into, you know, at length, but I was noticing some trends about some changes in what is our, you know, over centuries old business that mm-hmm. I wanted to dedicate some time to focusing on. Um, and those were, you know, shifts in technology, technology companies influencing film studios, film studios kind of not running for the hills, but showing up on Broadway's doorstep in a way that's been um, uh, different than in the past. Um, in all of our lives, films have been licensed to become derivative works of uh, shows on stage. Hmm. And the film company gets a credit for it, and they get some some box office points. What's changed now is film companies are now beginning to produce um, they are setting up their own uh, small uh, production theatrical um, divisions. Um, and, you know, I asked myself with, with 41 theaters on Broadway and with a <clears throat> diminishing um, availability to have access into those buildings, what does the future of Broadway look like for independent producers, independent general managers, um, and and people that are supporting the business that are not part of uh, a system that um, our global um, brands that have requirements and ways of thinking that may be different than some of the mom and pop companies that have been um, overseeing Broadway for a long time. And so, you know, briefly, I think that, um, you know, change is coming. Um, change is, you know, something that I think, you know, uh, it's good, bad, and it's, it's everything in between. Uh, but for me, what I wanted to focus on was, you know, if, if I kind of have these thoughts, where do I see myself participating in the space in the most meaningful way? Yeah. And as a general manager, we are working on the day-to-day business operations and the, the forward-thinking operations for a production and uh, th- the team that is surrounding that production beginning with the producers and their authors, uh, layering in the creatives, layering in the, the, all of the you know, organizations that will supply different things to the company. Mm. And um, losing my train of thought a little bit. We were, 
Okay, so we were, well, I'm going to actually, I wanted to jump in here with the film companies because you're saying the film companies are creating theatrical experiences now, and I noticed that's a big trend. And maybe this can tie into the next question of the oh, forward right. way so, of thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Disney Theatrical has um, m- most of the staff that, that they have um, for other producers is outsourced, but for Disney Theatrical, they're full-time in, in-house, yeah. okay? And, uh, you know... Uh, to me, I think that, um, and I may be wrong, um, but that um, organizations that exist today that, that are smaller, some will be acquired. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will, will go in-house uh, to, to work for these organizations, um, and others will, um, will just fold. You know, and that's the, the natural progression of, you know, of many, many industries, um, yeah. and we're not immune to that. Um, I think the independent producer will likely have opportunities from time to time to bring star-driven plays to Broadway um, or access to revivals. But a lot of the new work um, that's commercial, and I mean commercial Broadway. So I'm not, this is not in any way talking about all the other wonderful theater that, that plays and venues that are outside of Times Square. Um, I don't see that, that pipeline changing. But for those of us that are working on the Broadway shows, you know, that's something that I want to pay attention to. So I just want to clarify something. Are you saying like shows like Hanson, Hamilton, Wicked are all going to start to be like a conglomerate kind of in-house thing? Or are you talking like Mean Girls, Wonka, those are within those theater, you know, like movie houses? Or is it both? Um, well, I think the... Or am I missing your point? <laughs> you're not missing the point. I think what we're talking about is access. We're not, we're not talking about, you know, no one can take away a, a group of people sitting around a piano and creating a show. Yeah. What we're talking about is access to specific buildings in New York City to put up those shows. Right. Yeah. And so as shows are running longer and longer, yeah, they are. Um, <laughs> then there's less availability. Yeah. Now, the, the film studios... I believe are not going to create entirely new um, productions that 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 are born of thin air. Um, I, I don't see that happening uh, mm. in the near future. What they are doing is they're looking through their film vaults and asking themselves, you know, what what are some titles that might make good stage work? Yeah. The reason that you do that is they have secured some sort of rights for derivative works. Um, we call those underlying rights to um, the film itself. Now it can be complicated. There's, I'm, I'm simplifying this, um, but which you is know, probably for the best. <laughs> they're they're looking for things that that they um, have existing IP intellectual property that they control the underlying rights so that they can you know pursue that opportunity as as the company sees fit. Yeah. Um, and so you know I've gone around and interviewed uh, a lot of the people that are being uh, hired by the film studios to to work um, with the Broadway community to say you know you mentioned Willy Wonka or something like that you know we want to take this. To market what's the process of taking it through you know readings developmental workshops out of town right eventually to new york and then tour and then so on and so forth so they're learning that business so as they learn the business will they continue to work with outside third parties or eventually will we see a consolidation where they'll start having their staff be in-house yeah um 
So, you know, I think that there's room and opportunity for everyone. I think the Hamiltons and the Dear Evan Hansons will still find their way to the stage. Um, but again, you know, as I previously said, I think that there's a, a growing consensus that the access to the 41 theaters on Broadway will become more challenging. Interesting. Yeah, it baffled my mind when I found out most of the theaters were owned by like two or three different groups. I was like, oh. Yeah, there's <laughs> there there are three groups that own the majority of them. Yeah. Um, and then there's about nine venues that are not within those three groups. Yeah. And there's a waiting list. <laughs> so when you when you mentioned today ticks though, I, I realize I keep dodging this. But I'm dodging it because I'm trying to follow a chronology is that as a general manager, one of our responsibilities is to oversee the profit and loss statements with accountants um, and the balance sheet of a Broadway show. And we develop an awareness of what are the companies that are working with Broadway shows um, to support them in various ways. Mm -hmm. What are their income streams like? Mm -hmm. Um, we walk into their offices because we have meetings in their offices. You know, does it look like they're doing all right or not? (laughs) You (laughs) You know, all those (laughs) kinds of questions. And so, you know, you see, you know, ad firms, you know, that, you know, if you go way back, you know, Serena coins, current office, um, you know, that's on the East side, Serena coin, um, was acquired by Omnicom. So that's a a big company. So we, you know, we have an advertising company that's working um, with us um, as we do, um, but it starts to change the structure of, you know, the legal structure of oversight of Omnicom's attorneys in terms of like your radio ads and things like that. So things change. Um, You know, Spotco is owned by a company that's based in London. Um, That's one of our other large um, uh, advertising companies. And, And, you know, that... You, you look at those things and go, hmm, well, how do how do smaller companies stand up to or, or create opportunities for themselves when they don't have the resources of these larger companies? Um, and then the next thing you ask yourself is, well, don't we know that, you know, young, scrappy companies are the things that actually create the future of where we're eventually going to be? Correct. Uh, and I'm a big believer in that. And so kind of circling back to today, Tex, <clears throat> at the end of 2016, when I decided... I'm going to leave full-time general management to pursue something else, which is this, this thought that I want to um, explore and discover and become identified as a person that is, has their eyes on the future and to, um, through relationship building, hopefully cause people to gravitate towards me to have that conversation, which then creates opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you meet me now 14 months into that journey, and today Tix is part of that story, and there are other companies that are in that mix. Whereas a general manager and a company manager, I'm saying, what is the best way to, um, you know, sell tickets? Um, and you need to have an understanding um, to do it well of, well, what is box office software like? Who owns box office software? What does it mean to control primary box office software? And what does it mean for third parties to have access to discounting? And what's the business structure around that? How does it affect the consumers and things like that? So on and so forth. You really think this um, out. I mean, this is great. <laughs> I mean, this is, yeah. So that, uh, that allows me to, first off, evaluate an opportunity and then to try to figure out how can I contribute to that opportunity. I've decided for myself that I will not participate in any business that I don't believe I can add value to. Um, So 
with these types of companies, I do raise money for the companies, uh, but I'm looking for how can I be a value add? And that begins through conversations that are not about raising money for the company. So I don't, I don't sit down with an entrepreneur or a group of, of co-founders and say, I like your company. How can I invest? I don't think that anyone could tell you that they've had that experience with me. What I do is I want to sit down with someone and say, tell me about your idea. Why is it important to you? What are you hoping to do with it? Do you think that you have the right people around you today to support that? Um, and if not, you know, how do you feel about that? Um, and we look for, you know, what is, what is the alignment? How are they aligning themselves? And then I'll go out and do due diligence. I'll talk to people in the industry about their interactions with the individuals. You know, are they, um, good to work with on the opposite side of that? Are they abrasive to work with? You know, um, where's the demand coming from and also who does not want them to succeed? Um, because there are stakeholders who, um, may yield some revenue to, you know, new companies that come up and succeed. So that process for me starts with the getting to know each other process. And I want them to get to know me too. Um, and then if it looks like there's a fit, and I believe that this is a company that's doing something that is unique, um, which uniqueness creates market position, then I then make a formal request to be involved. Yeah. Where does your awareness come from? You seem so aware because like and i and i say this because I, I wanted to ask you about your forward way of thinking but i think that comes from awareness correct me if i'm wrong but you have such a there's such a just such an awareness and i think that's so great because you can get tied up in you know goals 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 money 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 or whatever the goal is for someone and lack that oh let me actually see where the world is going because everything makes sense. The trends all make sense. Even if someone's like, it doesn't make sense what the stock market is doing. It always makes sense what it's doing. It just doesn't make sense to you. And your awareness of everything, particularly in theater, is fascinating. Is, there, is that just cultivated? Hmm. Um, it, well, it's cultivated, certainly. Um, yeah. You know, I think we can accelerate learning. Um, we can accelerate uh, relationship building, you know, uh, the internet, it's an amazing time to be alive because you can have a thought, you can look it up, you can figure out who's involved. It's you a magical can, device. You can go down a rabbit yeah. hole for days just exploring an idea and it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So you can accelerate that, then you can accelerate the relationship building after you've done your, your research in terms of like, wow, I can contact these people through LinkedIn or through social media or I see that they're connected to a friend who can introduce me, it's amazing. Yeah. When we talk about awareness, what you cannot accelerate is experience. You can't accelerate experience. And experience translates for me into an awareness of the gut check. What feels right to me? Um, what doesn't feel right? What don't I know? What should I be asking myself about what I don't know? That's These are great questions. That's how I approach myself first and then the people that I'm sitting across and when I talk about burnout all the way through to awareness two very different things mm -hmm. um, was I aware I was burning out yes was I like many people that said well I can't do anything about it yes because we're on the hamster wheel right mm -hmm. and every day we're just going 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 I knew that if I didn't 
step off and take a step to the side um, that no one would make that call for me ever. And they won't for you either. We have to make that decision for ourselves. Exactly. And that is the awareness of what do we need for ourselves to, you know, for me to, to care for myself, to take care for my, take care of myself Mm. so that I can be the best version of me, which can translate into being, um, you know, a, a better version of, uh, who I am to the circles of people that, that are around me professionally and personally. Um, so I, you know, awareness for me, there are several, uh, books that I can reference. Um, yeah, we can actually get into that now. So if you have, cool, please, please list away cause we are coming up on our end. No worries. I, um, I have, you know, kind of a, a daily rhythm that, again, it's like you have to create that rhythm for yourself. And I realize, you know, it is super hard. When I'm, when I'm managing a show, um, I am beholden to the agenda. And I am hyper aware that we've announced an opening date. And we're going to open on that date. <laughs> Come hell so or high water. Things, things need to happen in a certain chronology. Yeah. Um, and experience teaches you when they are not um, on track that trouble is coming. Um, yeah. And so, you know, for me, I went, well, I'm, I'm on that hamster wheel, you know. And in the end of 2016, I said, you know, well, what am I going to do about it? And that began a process for me of really dedicating time to self-discovery, um, really dedicating time to the conversation I was already having with myself when I had time to actually dedicate to having it on a daily basis. And so, you know, I, you know, if, you know, we use words like awareness, authenticity, self-love, you know, a lot of these words started, you know, really coming about or wholehearted, Um, you know, they weren't as common. I never heard these words 10 years ago. You have, you know, people like Brene Brown, um, you know, the, her book, uh, I think, you know, breakout book, the gift of imperfection. That's a good starting point for people to be thinking about, you know, who they are and that, yeah, we're all imperfect and that's okay. Um, that's a good starting point. I read that book years ago, but I read, two different things daily in the morning and I, I alternate between them. And I also alternate between my morning routine. Let's um, hear it, please. Can we hear all of it? <laughs> sure. So I'll, I'll actually, uh, this'll, you'll probably be like, what the hell? But this morning, so I, I have a lot of different things going on today. Um, I'm with you and then I'm going to a lunch with, uh, someone that, um, uh, is involved with the business that I'm, that I'm working with. And then I'm going to hit a reset button to refocus. Um, And then I've got a a, a phone call with a team out in California with a company that I'm a founder of um, in preparation for a pitch that we're doing to another company tonight. And I'll be hyper-focused on that. Mm -hmm. And then I will release myself from that. And I'm going to uh, have drinks with someone, uh, which will be, you know, kind of the, the winding down part of the day. So this morning, you know, I just kind of on a piece of paper drew what looks like a a line graph of what my day will be like compartmentalizing it so that I can be present everywhere that I am in the way that I need to be. Mm. And so it starts with awakening and 
how do I want to be available to you in our conversation? Well, I made a decision this morning that I was not going to check emails before I came here. Um, and that I was not going to check some trade publications that I read every morning so that my, my headspace would be available and not already in the day. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're meeting at 11 AM. So it's, it's late for me to be, you know, putting that off, but it's something that was important to me. Um, I will, you know, be available for this and that lunch. And then prior to my, my switching focus over to, uh, this team that I'm working with on, on a company that I'm building, I will give myself probably about 30 minutes to an hour to just release the morning. Um, it'll just completely release. And how do you do that? Yeah. So I, you know, going back to the morning and talking about books, what I do is when I, I usually wake up at about seven and I won't have coffee until my mind has been awake for an hour. Um, I want to just ease into my day. I know the day's going to ramp up. I'm well aware of it, <laughs> but I'm going to ease in. Yeah. And I'm going to read a, a, a passage from a book called The Book of Awakening by Mark Nepow, N-E-P-O. Okay. And that has a daily passage with an exercise. And really the purpose of those passages is about being aware of ourselves um, that can sound like a simple thing, but it's something that it's if we very really, important. really train ourselves in being present and, you know, that we, the only thing that exists right now is this very moment. Everything that's already happened is behind us and the future, which is something we can be anxious about. You're chasing a phantom cause it hasn't happened yet. Mm. And the real things happen in that gray space in between the past and the present, which is the future and starting by, you know, breathing. And even, you know, if you're in a yoga class and, you know, they tell, you, you know, feel your feet, feel your fingers when you're doing yeah. the warm down, you can actually do that every day of just breathing and going, I'm alive. Um, so I'll read either a passage from the book of awakening, um, or I'll read, um, something from Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So those things, um, they're in the same kind of theme, but what I like to do is alternate um, between them. Sometimes I'll read the book for several days. Sometimes I'll read Tolle. Um, sometimes I will alternate back and forth, and yet other mornings I might just pass. What's important to me is that these are not uh, assignments that I'm beholden to, because when they become a task, then they will change in how my mind views them. And I want, it, I want to have a healthy relationship with checking in with myself. So, you know, generally, again, I'll wake up at 7, I'll have coffee, and then I'll go down to the gym in my building and I'll do exercise. Um, or I will just have quiet time in my apartment. I really have found that I, it's hard to find time to do both. Um, all these, you know, you know, perfectionist things of how to accomplish everything. I say to myself, you know, if I'm going to sit quietly and think, I'm going to give myself permission not to be stressed about the fact that I did not, you know, hit the gym today. Um, and if I hit the gym, I'm not going to overanalyze and, 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 you know, um, say, gosh, you didn't find time to be, be thoughtful. Um, but all through that, I'm, I'm building up towards what will eventually be the, the, like the beginning of my day. Yeah. And so 
you know, for me, what happens is at about, you know, nine o'clock, I've had breakfast, I've read morning emails, I've read some trade uh, type of stuff, you know, I read Broadway briefing every morning, I read a fortune term sheet, you know, I'm scanning them for keywords for things that I'm interested in, things like that. Mm. And then at about 10 o'clock, I then, you know, throw the switch of like, the morning it's on yeah, yeah it's on it's go time yeah um and i'll do that for you know however long that day dictates um and then at the end of the day i'm gonna wind down um so like ton- tonight you know i'm going to meet a friend for drinks um and that that's when i'll be able to like you know i know i'll have you know achieved a lot from that from that experience uh, of the day today specifically and i'll go you know the pitch to the company the podcast the meeting i had over lunch like all those things now are finished Mm. um so let's start like easing into what will eventually be you know bedtime yeah do you that passage you read in the morning do you visit that in the middle of the day for the uh wind down kind of reset button i tend not to um what i tend to do is uh i'll either go for a walk Mm-hmm. Uh, I live two blocks from Central Park. Uh, I like to, you know, find a path in the woods in the park and just walk. That kind of, you know, clears my headspace. Okay. Um, or I'll just have like a quiet reflection. Okay. Um, and I, I'm actually, I'm having a conversation with myself. I'll say, you know, I'm, you know, proud of the day I had. You know, I might, you know, kick myself a little bit about something and then come back to myself and say, give yourself permission to let it go. You yeah. know, release it. Um, so that I can then, you know, start to think about what tomorrow is going to look like for me. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything that comes to mind in terms of best work, like most worthwhile investments, be it skill set, money or time? Well, I think the most important investment is, is in ourself. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you might have already answered that. Yeah, so I don't know. You know, some people I think, and myself included, since I'm mentioning it, you know, it could be like, what do you mean investment? Do you mean money? Do you mean relationships? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, the, the better version of ourself, the more authentic version of ourself we can be. Um, you know, what is authenticity? You know, it's the ability to be compassionate, which is caring for other people Mm. and also, uh, recognizing what we need for ourselves. Right. You know, and holding those two things in the balance, um, which can, uh, be sometimes very, very different and far, far and wide. Um, uh, but you know, I've, I've made a, a heavy investment, which is a, one of the greatest joys in my life of, um, of self-discovery and discovery of, um, you know, the people around me and the community around me. And I think I will often get to an answer or getting an agenda to completion, um, in a, in a way that is impactful and meaningful. Um, not because mm-hmm. I am barreling down people and trying to bend them to my will, um, <laughs> but because I have a real desire to study and to understand so that I can think about what's the best outcome for um, the person or the, the, the company uh, that you know, we're pursuing while understanding that it's going to be a balance, that everyone's not going to get everything that they want, and that includes mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Well, we're coming down on time here, so I have, um, I, there's so many questions. We might have to do a part two if you ever sure, have sure. time, because this is like, this is great. Um, 
but I get we'll just we'll end it over here with uh, is there any so I, I listened to this other the other podcast you did and you had made a comment about I think and I might be wrong we wake up in our own thoughts sure and I love that idea because I think we don't fully realize how how much we can actually it's just up to us mm-hmm. whether you get mad or excited about something that's your decision about that event you can have either reaction you want so I love that waking up in our own thoughts but as far as uh, ending down here winding down here do you have any quotes that come to mind or words or phrases or anything metaphorically speaking you could put on a billboard that millions of people could read I mean I don't I don't I don't think I have a billboard quote um, I, I will okay. I will tell you that I'm I'm feeling you know present in our conversation that we're we're talking we're not like heavily focused on business here I don't believe so I'm not you know I don't have a business quote Mm. Um, but I think um, you know returning to like Mark Nepal and making a kind of a a theater industry um, kind of uh, uh, not quote but but thought that he has and by the way he was a theater major You know, he says that, um, you know, that almost all uh, instruments are hollow and they can't they can't make music without that. And and that it's the hollowing of ourselves, which is uh, understandably, you know, difficult and sometimes unbearable um, that that allows us to make music as people. Um, and there's there's different theologies on you know the hollowing of the bone or the hollowing of the body um, that that um, allows us to to sing and to make music, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's not the quote that you're looking for, but it does to me circle back to the understanding that that life experience and all the pain and the joy that comes with that you know shapes who we are and that um, we should be thinking about how that extends into our work life as well so that we don't feel like we are living as two different types of people um, that we are one thing to our our work family and one thing to our our home family but an ability to yes we obviously share different things and we do different things with each but that we can be the same respectful open um, encouraging, uh, available person, um, wherever, wherever we are. Mm. Um, so I've failed at your bumper sticker quote. Um, Not, that should fit on a billboard, <laughs> but you know, I, um, you know, someone, I, I meet with young people all the time and I think to myself, you know, what are the things that I wish that people would have, um, offered to me or, or, or whatnot when I was, you know, coming up in the business and, you know, I was meeting with someone who's probably about 24 years old. Uh, this is recently and I needed to use a restroom. We were at a restaurant and I said, while I'm in the restroom, think about one thing uh, that I can maybe help you with, you know, and that, that's something that I know I would have benefited from if more people, you know, had asked me that because we can like maybe get the introduction or the, you know, or the, the thing to read or whatever it is by that person that is, you know, ahead of us in, uh, in life experience. Yeah. And I came back and I sat across from this person and I said, you know, so what can I do for you? And they said, can you introduce me to rich people? <laughs> and I just thought to myself, fuck, man. Damn it. 
you're missing the whole point. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the reason that that doesn't work is that you can't cheat time. You can't cheat experience. Or value. And, and you, even if I did, let's say I did, um, and got you your foot in the door with a group of wealthy people, what say you? And, and what should they think of you? And what, you know, and I'm not discrediting at all, but it's like, find something smaller that's not um, so general. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that next thing will lead to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Yeah, okay. Townsend, man, this is great. Nice and intense. It's so funny. The it did, time it flew did by. not feel intense to me at all. It felt, I mean, here we are whispering in our coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I love, I just, I wish we had, I mean, that's the thing with all great, with all great things. I wish we had more time. So let me do a little plug. So please do it. Yeah. And the plug is an idea. Um, I am, I am focused heavily, heavily on the future of Broadway right now and of, uh, products and businesses that will support storytelling going forward. And what that means to me is not that someone has an idea, but that they have an idea that they can't not pursue. It's not a show. It's not a show. Mm. I also work on shows. Mm. It's not a show. Uh, but it's something that you think can benefit the Broadway community and the experience that ultimately translates to great shows on stage. And so today takes works for me because it has an amazing user experience. You can see every single show within their app. Mm. Um, and um, there's a bunch of other reasons as well. And there's other companies that I'm working with um, for that reason. But, you know, if you're a person that's listening that um, has had some experience in the business um, and you think that you have an idea um, or you're currently working on an idea that could... Um, get us to the next level where we need to be in whatever category that is to you. I'd, I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with you. I love that. And where can we contact you? So here's the thing. Um, you can, you can just message me on LinkedIn. Um, okay. and, uh, I will most likely respond. Um, uh, and it's just Townsend Teague. Uh, I know original easy peasy, easy peasy. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter, but that's, that's not the answer you're, you're looking for. That's just, you know, to, to follow. Well, me. that's great. No, to keep yeah. up with you as well mm -hmm. and all that you create. And I'm excited to see all you continue to create because it is <laughs> the future of the way. Oh boy. And entertainment. So this is really great. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 